podcast our past. Stories from the history of the Lancaster and Morecambe area. Welcome to Max's Mystery Podcast. Today you're here with Max and I'm here with Peter, a local historian who could tell us some facts later on. There's going to be lots of facts, so you might want to get paper and a pen because you might need to write it down. Today we'll be reviewing Lord Ashton, his life and some general facts about him. Let's crack on then. Beyond Radio, working with Escape to Make, presents Podcast Our Past. James Williamson was born on the 31st of September, 1842. He was educated at Lancaster Royal Grammar School and worked all his life in the family business. James was married three times to Margaret, Jessie and finally Florence, later Lady Ashton in 1909. James Williamson was an intensely private man who disliked having his portrait painted or photograph taken. However, some do exist. Even in his grand gift of Lancaster Town Hall, no portraits of him were allowed and only his coat of arms was on display in the form of a stained glass window. In his lifetime, he had many roles, such as Town Councillor, Justice of the Peace, High Sheriff of Lancaster, Liberal MP for Lancaster. He was elevated to the Peerage and the House of Lords, becoming Baron Ashton of Ashton, Constable of the Castle and Freeman of Lytham. However, Williamson refused the author to become Mayor of Lancaster. Beyond Radio, working with Escape to Make, presents Podcast Our Past. When he was elected as a Liberal MP for Lancaster, he supported free trade and home rule for Ireland. He later became a lord but was accused of buying his peerage. He denied this, stating, The statement that I paid £40,000, or indeed any sum for a peerage, is absolutely and entirely false. There was even opinion voiced against Lord Ashton's chosen title, Baron Ashton of Ashton, with many locals saying he should have chosen Baron Williamson. In the 1870s, Williamson's coated fabrics business expanded rapidly. Williamson bought further land from Lancaster Corporation in 1889 and the mere development of the firm proceeded quickly. The works finally grew to cover 21 acres and included provision for embossing, rolling and measuring block printing and drying, as well as warehousing storage for all the supplies needed and his own power supply. He invested in modern machinery, supplied goods at the bottom end of the market of the lowest quality linoleum, paid low wages, discouraged unionism amongst his employees whilst developing a growing export trade to Scandinavia and South America, amongst others. By 1894, Williamson's were employing 2,500 men. Beyond Radio, working with Escape to Make, presents... Podcast Our Past. Some assert that Williamson's business success was built on the exploitation of his workforce. Williamson, however, claimed his skilled staff were paid union rates, while his unskilled labourers received one pound one p a week with a bonus for good timekeeping. Lord Ashton was also known to keep employees on the payroll in periods when work was slack. He paid out sums to people who were too old to work, 
providing they were still able to reach his works. And he carried out a number of private acts of kindness, especially to the senior members of his firm. Unlike his father before him, James Williamson became a landowner. The Ashton Memorial itself is a really gigantic folly, but one which was labelled the grandest monument in England. It's unknown for certain whether it was built in memory of Lord Ashton's second wife, as local tradition has it, or to his family in general. The building was opened to the public in 1909. Williamson supported the building of Lancaster Infirmary and Morecambe's Queen Victoria Hospital. Three years later, he donated £1,000 for Skirton Park to be created. He was always particularly generous to the residents of Skirton, where he was known as the Uncrowned King, and gifts of coal distributed as well as an annual party on his birthday. In 1885, when he became High Sheriff, he invited all male adults in Lancaster and the district for 10 miles around to breakfast at Ryland, with other 10,000 accepting. But Lord Ashton began to feel that the attitude towards him from local people was also changing. This view was only enhanced when boxes of chocolates that had been presented to the local school children by Lady Ashton to remark the opening of the town hall were thrown over the wall at Ryland's house. In Lord Ashton's eyes, this was seen as a mark of contempt towards himself. Eventually, Lord Ashton declined to make any further contributions to Lancaster charities, buildings or public events. He felt that Lancaster and its citizens has spurned what he has to offer and wanted no further part in the town's public life, despite still being the town's largest employer. For the final 21 years of his life, from the ceremonial opening of the town hall in 1909 to his death in May 1930, Lord Ashton remained a recluse. He died at Ryland's house in Lancaster on the 27th of May 1930, aged 88 years. His funeral was attended by over 2,000 of his employees who marched in a procession almost a mile long past the Priory. He left no will. It took until March 1934 for his estate to be valued at over £10.5 million, now worth around £883 million, with the state taking half of this in death duties. The business continued to decline in the 1950s and 60s due to world wars, severe economic depression and foreign competition. But his legacy lives on in the buildings, parks and monuments of Lancaster. Beyond Radio, working with Escape to Make, presents Podcast Our Past. Hi Peter, so I'm going to be asking you some questions. Just please try to answer as best as you can. Right, I will. Alright, so first we've got what type of person was Lord Ashton? I think he was um, a leopard that changes its spots. I think if you got on the wrong side of him, he wasn't a, a particularly nice person. But at the same time, he was, he was very important. And uh, Lancaster would be nothing like it is today without him. Yeah, I can imagine that he was a very important person. 
and because of all his businesses and things. Yes, and he left he left his mark. So uh, the, the the town hall there it is. This sort of grand uh, uh, memorial to him really of course it was a town hall for Lancaster but really these these are monuments to Lord Ashton yeah so I'm going to ask a different question now so do you know how his family made their wealth because I know his father he took the business from his father yes so um, we could describe Lord Ashton as the Lino King so it was all about making linoleum, which was a, a sort of cheap floor covering. And his factory was down by the, uh, the River Loon. And it was a very, very big factory. It's, it is described by some as the biggest factory in the world, which is really a, a big claim to uh, make for it. So he had a great big workforce really tied to uh, the factory as well. Lord Ashton, James Williamson, was uh, pretty ruthless about uh, making uh, as much money as possible. Of course, his workers didn't make <laughs> huge amounts of money, but he certainly did. So uh, I don't know where he'd uh, feature on the uh, uh, rich lists we have today, but I, I suspect pretty near the top. Yeah, Biggest factory in the world is a very big achievement. I can imagine mm. that some people would want to work for him because they thought he would give them a lot of money, but when they did, he didn't give them a lot. So, no. yeah. And they'd certainly have to work hard for it. Yeah. So, I've got another question for you. So, do you know why he was called Lord Ashton when his name was James Williamson? Right, well, Lord Ashton means that he was um, a member of the House of Lords and, and I think to some extent you could actually choose your own title. My guess is that he, he um, took the name from his country residence, which was Ashton Hall, uh, which is now the uh, part of a, a golf club south of Lancaster. So I think that's that's where the name comes from. It was just the the house he happened to live in. Yeah, it'd be very good be, being able to choose your own name. That would be very nice. Yes, yes, we could we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> so last question, I think. Do you know why he became a recluse? Well, he sort of fell out of lo love with Lancaster. As is uh, often the case, it, it was it came down to politics and uh, people not seeing things in in the same sort of way. And um, Lord Ashton stood uh, for election, or or he had a one of his employees or whoever standing in the election. And uh, this was for the uh, the Skirton seat, I think that was, that was separate from uh, Lancaster. Lord Ashton's candidate was rejected and that was uh, he, Lord Ashton saw that as a personal snub so he, he went off to uh, I think it was Lytham St Anne's or somewhere to uh, live out the rest of uh, his days but there's a little side story to this as well and that was that at um, Christmas time he would give his workers each of them a box of chocolates 
not everybody likes all the uh, chocolates in a in a box of chocolates and it seems people particularly disliked the uh, the fudge i think it was or something and to show their appreciation of lord ashton's gift um they would throw all of these um, unwanted fudges over the wall into the uh, the grounds of his uh, home in uh, Rylands Park. That's a very interesting way of finding out why he stepped away from Lancaster. Yes, and, and another thing he didn't like was was the railway because it ran uh, one uh, end of his. Uh, garden as it were in in rylands park although though he actually uh, came to like it in the end but you know to see the steam from the steam engines rattling past especially in the middle of the night uh, <laughs> would not have gone down well yeah i can imagine it would be very annoying having train going past your house exactly. every day yes could be say if you had babies or something it would be very stressful because it would wake them up at That's any right. hour. That's right, yes. Though I'm sure he had plenty of nannies to look after the children. Yeah. So I think we're going to end it there. Thank you for coming in. And that's all for today. OK, thank you. My pleasure. With Escape to Make and Beyond Radio. Thank you for listening to my podcast. My name's Max and I'll, hopefully I'll see you soon. Podcast are past. Stories from the history of the Lancaster and Morecambe area.